world. This is the Bet Labs Podcast. My name is John Ewing. On today's show, elimination games in the baseball playoffs, NBA win totals, fading ranked teams after a loss, and a profitable strategy for betting teams off a buy. But first, let's say hello to our co-host, Travis Reed. What up, Trav? Hey, John. Yeah, like you mentioned, all the sports going on. Uh, you know, Season's finally changing. I got to turn my air conditioner off, so you know it's actually turning to fall. We got playoff baseball going on, which is really exciting, and uh, we're into the heart of both football seasons. So, just love this time of the year. Great time to be a sports better and a sports fan. Well, let's start with baseball playoffs. Heck of a game last night between the Nationals and Cubbies. Tonight they have Game Five. The winner goes on to the NLCS. So how do teams perform in elimination games? What should our listeners know? Yeah, so we uh, took a look at both elimination games and also winner-take-all, which both apply here in this case. Uh, For elimination, for the home team, uh, they're actually just 40 and 43 straight up. Um, If you look at favorites, it's 34 and 31. That's lost eight units. Uh, If you look at dogs um, at home, that's 6 and 12 minus 5.6 units. So home teams haven't necessarily had the, uh, the advantage there in elimination games. Uh, winner take all games it actually gets even more unpredictable uh, if you count last night's game with Cleveland losing at home uh, the home team's now just 15 and 20 in those game fives or the game sevens in the next couple of rounds um, favorites um, they're just 18 and 16 um, you may think there's momentum going on uh, the team that won the game to force the uh, either the game five or the game seven they're just 11 and 11. Uh, and even betting against the public is just 16 and 19 in those uh, winner-take-all games. So a lot of the reason that we love these games uh, is because they're so unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. And I actually think the way that the bullpens and starters are being used now makes it even more unpre- unpredictable. Um, you know, it used to you'd be able to say, okay, the starter's going to go five, six innings, and then you're going to the bullpen. Now, um, you know, these managers are finally starting to use these bullpens earlier and earlier. So there's just a lot more variables going into these games that make it hard to predict. Yeah, when a starter is being willing to come out for just one out even, it it gets incredibly difficult to project what to expect. And like you said, being at home, being favored, or having momentum, none of that has really led to you know a solid line for betters uh unfortunately well though i think with our against the public pro system you can still find value we were on the yankees last night that turned out to be the right side so uh it's not just enough to bet against the public if you add a couple more filters like in the pro system uh you get a a more defined and and better strategy for betting these teams in the playoffs so go to the blog to check that out or on the blog, but also in the think tank to follow that system. One more thing in baseball, Travis. Yesterday, it was quite windy in Wrigley, which the windy city in Chicago, that can play a factor in these games as well. So if we get another game at home for Chicago, what should betters know if the wind's blowing? Well, first of all, you're going to have to save this for next year because we're not going to get another game in Chicago because <laughs> Washington's going to win tonight. Um, in their Game 5 matchup. Uh, that's obviously the Cardinals fan in me uh, speaking out on that one. Uh, but seriously, you can take advantage of that wind. Uh, we talked about it a lot, um, both in the 
original game four day that ended up getting rained out and also the next day the wind was still blowing in uh, was a great chance to uh, take the under uh, it hit only five runs total in the game and four of those came on one swing which uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that uh, any ball was able to get out in, uh, last night's game Addison Russell hit a ball early in the game that might have been a home run on a normal day but uh, it just didn't get out because the wind knocked it down so that's uh, really the strategy there is uh, you know the wind blowing in is going to knock a lot of home runs into either outs or even doubles or something like that but uh, when the wind is blowing out the over is 63.9 percent uh, when the wind is blowing in the under hits at 56.6 percent and if you go to the blog we actually have a nice table there as the wind increases uh, in intensity uh, obviously the number of runs goes either up or down based on which direction the wind is going um, the cool thing is we have filters for all of that both wind direction and wind speed uh, so you don't have to go you know check your weather app or anything like that you just set that up um, we'll let you know whenever there's a game that fits and uh, game four yesterday was one of those games that fit and the under easily won which was nice to see we are about a week away from the start of the NBA season I can't believe it's already almost upon us, but there are still a handful of preseason games to be played. So there's a strategy that we can use to profit off of these games that don't technically count yet. Yeah, uh, and the easiest way is to bet against playoff teams from the previous year. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll, they'll just play a few minutes, but you're not having your normal rotations where these guys are going to be playing full regular season minutes. So the dogs definitely have uh, an advantage here. So we looked at dogs, specifically dogs of four and a half or more, uh, betting against those playoff teams from the previous year. Uh, you can, uh, and that's just 61.1% against the spread. Uh, one thing you do have to watch is line movement. You try to watch to make sure there's not any sharp money on the, uh, on the opposite side. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, when you can combine those three factors, you can find a good betting system, and we give you all the details there on the blog. But it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, in the preseason, there's just not as much motivation, so the teams are closer. So uh, taking the team getting points uh, against the team that's projected to be better during the regular season because of their, you know, postseason last year, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense to go against that. We had people on Twitter, Travis, asking us to do a win totals pod. We're not going to spend the rest of this one breaking them down, but I think we can do a good job of covering the teams with value. And an easy way to find value in win totals is using real plus minus. ESPN's Kevin Pelton uh, uses this predictive stat to simulate the season and project win totals for every team. And then just simply using those projections and comparing them to uh, the win totals at any sports book that you play at you can find some discrepancies and it's been very profitable to bet in these situations. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Pelton, great follow. Um, you know, definitely one of those great minds in sports that looks analytically, which is what we love here at bet lab sports. Um, and the biggest differences in the, uh, his over unders and the over unders that we looked at at sports books made a lot of sense because there's a lot of public perception built into some of these. Uh, so mm -hmm. for example, the biggest one is Boston under 53 and a half wins. Anytime you win the off season, um, you know, usually that's a good time to take the under, uh, because you know, wow, look at all these, you know, we brought in Kyrie right. Irving, we got, we signed Gordon Hayward. Wow. We did all this stuff. Uh, usually fans tend to overreact towards that. Uh, for example, the Patriots won the off season in the NFL, right? They just got even better. They're so much better. And the under looks to be the play there. Um, 
Another one, Chicago, over 22.5. Basically the same, the flip side of the Boston coin. Chicago looks like the worst team in the league. Uh, Sands maybe the Nets. but um, So taking the over there. Cleveland under, uh, obvious. Uh, Utah over, kind of the, uh, we lost Gordon Hayward, so they're not going to be any good. Right. They still have a lot of good pieces there. Still have a pretty good roster. OKC under, uh, you actually may claim that they won the uh, the offseason getting Paul George and Carmelo there with Westbrook, but taking the under there. Golden State, public uh, team, under 67.5. Just It's crazy still to see these huge numbers with that super team they built. And then Philly, uh, I've seen 76ers getting a lot of love uh, with players that really haven't proven right. it yet, uh, haven't proven to stay healthy with Embiid. Um, but yeah, Philly under 38 and a half is also another one that had some value there, but makes a lot of sense with a lot of these plays to basically just go against what the public perception of these teams are going into the season. Yeah. And in the last two years, if you just bet the differential, so if a team had a positive difference, you take the over a negative difference, the under on every single team, the last two years, you would hit at 60%. If you did just the biggest differences, so five or more games, which are the teams that Travis just covered, you went 9-3. and three. That's a 75% win rate. Uh, obviously, no guarantee that that will continue, but it's a very strong result, something that you would like to see if you're looking to place a couple win total bets. Travis, do you think there will be any impact on these win totals with all the changes the NBA has made to limit the impact of travel? To uh, They got rid of four and fives, the fewer back-to-back games now. So if Teams are getting more rest. Doesn't that just benefit these better teams? So maybe, you know, a squad like the Warriors, even though the total is at 67 and a half, they could almost, you know, fall backwards into 70 wins. There's not going to be scheduling losses like we've seen in the past. Yeah, you could definitely make the case that it'll help the better teams in the league because they're the ones, um, you know, resting their stars. Like the Bulls and the Nets, they're not resting anyone to try to get that, uh, get them rest for the playoffs or anything. So, um, be interesting to see how that affects uh, the team that you would think would affect the most is probably the Spurs because they were kind of the first to start this whole resting thing and they've really been at the forefront of doing that. So it'll be, um, yeah, to answer your question, we don't have the answer yet. We'll kind of find out <laughs> as the season goes on uh, to see, um, you know, if these rest strategies change at all. Um, that seemed to be a big thing in the commissioner's office. They don't want people resting during these big right. uh, primetime games that are nationally televised. So, um, yeah, it'll be we'll, it'll kind of be just learn as we go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you would think that that would help the, the better teams in the league that have more stars that are, are going to be the ones resting. Travis, in college football, an interesting trend has developed where big underdogs are covering against the spread at a ridiculous rate, especially this year. Uh, you had an interesting theory behind this that possibly it could be due to the change in the playoff system going from the BCS to the college football playoff. Uh, why don't you explain to the listeners what you found? Do you think this trend can continue? Yeah, so we looked at um, just dogs that are, are more than 30-point dogs. We're looking at games that are really expected to be blowouts. Um, one of the teams is not expected to contend, uh, you know, unless it's Iowa State versus Oklahoma or something like that. But uh, <laughs> just, had to, just had to rub that one in, didn't I? Um, but, yeah, those dogs are covering at over a 70% clip this season, which is ridiculous. And I actually went back a few years and broke it down into when we had the BCS system to when we switched to the playoff. 
Um, in the BCS, those dogs covered at a 48.4% rate, minus 29.3 units. Since we went to the playoff, it's jumped to 58.1% with plus 38 units won. And my theory was that teams don't feel the need to run up the scores as much as they did when they knew computers were kind of behind it. That margin of victory is obviously going to matter to those computer systems. Whereas if you just have a committee of people looking at the games, you know, a 25-point win versus a 35-point win, there's not a whole lot of difference in, you know, the the average viewer doesn't see a whole lot of difference in those two results. You know, it's a blowout either way. So right. that was my theory, um, you know, why that may be working uh, in this new playoff system. Obviously, we don't have any, um, you know, concrete facts that support that. But um, just with the numbers we've seen, you know, those huge dogs are covering even more and more in each subsequent playoff season. Um, so yeah, and like I said, this year it's covering over 70%. So definitely a trend to keep an eye on to see if that continues. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned it, Iowa state, huge underdogs last week at Oklahoma cyclones shock the Sooners. And now this week, Oklahoma is playing Texas. They opened as seven and a half point favorites in the red river rivalry, but are they a good bet? Most Casual bettors are putting money on Oklahoma to bounce back, but is that what normally happens when a ranked team's coming off a loss? Yeah, see, it looks like a bounce back spot, but uh, our, our data shows that it's actually the opposite. So um, these ranked teams, after a loss, so you think they're going to come back and, and go bet, uh, be better the next week, 213 uh, wins, 264 losses against the spread. That's 44.7%. Per, uh, uh, so that's lost over 60 units uh, looking at that bounce back spot. So uh, we just haven't seen that, that our data bears that out. Um, you know, maybe it's a, you think it's a little bit different because it is that rivalry game that you talked about. But uh, overall, that's a big sample size, nearly 500 games that we've seen where teams looking at this quote-unquote back um, bounce back spot have not been a good bet overall. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I like that it's contrarian. It goes against public perception. Uh, so not necessarily that you want to just throw all your money on Texas. Just don't be so quick to pull the trigger maybe on Oklahoma. One more thing in college football. How about some other trends for this week? We got big favorites in the SEC. Uh, we got teams coming off a bye. TCU continues to crush against ranked teams, but this week they get a tough trip to Manhattan to face Kansas State. So what trends do we have in these spots? Yeah, so I'm going to start with Penn State. Uh, ranked teams at home after a bye are 58.3% against the spread. Uh, I think we tweeted that out, and a lot of people at, well, yeah, but they're going against a good team. Uh, well, then we broke it down even further. If you look at that versus another ranked team, it actually increases to 60.7% against the spread. So uh, the rest helps in college football a lot. Uh, we'll talk more about rest in the NFL a little bit later. Uh, another one you mentioned, TCU. Uh, the last five years, a top 10 team favored after beating the top 25 team, just 43.4% against the spread. So when you're coming off that that big win um, that obviously kind of vaults you into the national discussion seems like the perfect opportunity to uh, sell on that team and uh, you know bet against them in that next game. What about uh, you? You mentioned the uh, the big favorites in the SEC. What do we have there? Yeah, we don't see this that often, but Alabama's favored by 30 points against Arkansas, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but in SEC games, teams favored by four or more touchdowns, they're a perfect 19-0 straight up. 
just nine and ten against the spread, though. So uh, it's incredibly difficult to cover that big number, even if you're a heavy favorite like Alabama this week. No one expects the Tide to lose to you know suffer the same fate as Oklahoma. Uh, just there's no clear angle here that they're going to cover the spread either. The crazy uh, so, part. Oh, sorry. The crazy part ahead. is that they're not even the only SEC team favored by thirty. Georgia is <laughs> also favored by thirty, hosting Missouri this week. So now this one, if I had a pick, I would put my money on Georgia. Mizzou sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're terrible. Yeah, that's and that's saying it as a Tigers fan. That's guys, that's so probably why. Yeah, you're like, fans no. out there listening, don't. Uh, hit me up thinking I'm a big hater okay yeah that's I, that might be the fandom seeping in but yeah it's it's tough to cover that big of a number um but yeah if I had to pick one of the teams doing it yeah George is probably the, the better bet of the two but like you said uh just hasn't been um it's re- like you said it hasn't happened all that often just 19 times in our database and it happens twice in one week so I just thought that was pretty interesting Travis in the NFL Kansas City your Chiefs are a perfect 5-0 and they're the best team in football but they're not number one in our power rankings. What gives? Yeah, uh, I, I love being called biased against the Chiefs when I'm actually wearing a Chiefs hoodie right now. Um, yeah, the whole power ratings is forward-looking. If you want to look at who's done the best so far, that's the Chiefs. That's not that's not a question. You can go to the standings. You can look at all the stats and things like that. Uh, but as far as forward-looking, uh, and you can even tell by looking at NFL futures, the Patriots are still the favorite to win the Super Bowl, and the Patriots are still number one. Uh, the Chiefs are in that next tier, along with the Packers, the Seahawks. Uh, we still have the Steelers in that tier. Um, you know, obviously slow starts. We we understand that, but we're still just looking at a five-game sample. So, um, right. yeah, as if you, if it keeps happening, um, you know, obviously the Chiefs will move up, and eventually they'll be the Super Bowl favorite. They'll be the number one team in our rankings, and they'll probably be the same thing. Uh, at the futures uh, at sportsbooks as well. But as for right now, we still have the Patriots at number one, uh, still using some preseason expectations baked into um, the numbers there, which is why you're still seeing them at the top. Well, if Kansas City hasn't moved that much, which teams have we adjusted after five games? Yeah, so the team that's moved up the most is the Jaguars. Um, They look like a below 500 team coming into the season. Uh, Yeah, we've jumped them up a lot. Uh, Obviously looked good on defense, have the best point differential in the NFL, uh, and have really done a good job of hiding Blake Bortles. (laughs) Good defense and a good running game will help do that. Uh, so good job there by the Jaguars. They've jumped up the most. Teams that have fallen the most, the Giants, um, you know, no one really predicted the 0-5 start. They just lost uh, three wide receivers in the same week, so there was some injury adjustments there as well. Uh, another team that was adjusted down quite a bit is the Cardinals. Uh, David Johnson out, that uh, obviously knocked him down, but they've also just played poorly pretty much everywhere else as well. Really bad O-line play there, so those have been the two biggest disappointments so far in the league. Travis, we run updated simulations every week after the games are over. Who are the biggest winners and losers after week five? Yes, so the biggest winner, just mentioned them, the Jaguars, uh, their playoff odds went up 29.4%. Obviously, they got the unexpected win uh, on the road, and Houston and Tennessee both lost in their division. So good week for them. Uh, Another one, uh, Jaguars beat Pittsburgh, and Baltimore ended up winning in Oakland. Uh, so their odds actually rose uh, 25.8%, which looked what looked like a pretty tough game for Baltimore going on the road at Oakland. Once Carr suffers the injury, uh, it right. becomes much easier, really helps their chances. Uh, so Ravens jumped up 
Uh, as far as losers, Texans uh, dropped about 24%. Like I said, the injuries, um, you know, the, that adjustment was taken into account, and also just losing the game, and then the Jaguars winning. Um, so their uh, odds went down. Also, the Cowboys losing in a game which everyone thought they were going to lose as soon as they scored. Uh, I didn't see anyone <laughs> as soon as, as soon as the Cowboys scored. Everyone's like, nope, too much time. Everyone. <laughs> No, every, Aaron Rodgers is on the other yeah, team. What are you doing? The Cowboys were the only ones who didn't understand that Aaron Rodgers was going to drive down, at least get the field goal. The only question was, were they going to get the field goal or get the touchdown? They got the touchdown. Uh, Cowboys I odds. I thought those were some bad throws from Rodgers in the end zone. They were just like darts yeah. at uh, Adams, and he made a great – I mean, that was more Adams making the play than Rodgers because – I don't know. I, I don't know if you had any opinion on that when you saw him, the way he was throwing the ball. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is great, but I'm going to lean more towards Adams for making the play because it wasn't like it was a perfectly thrown ball from Rodgers. No, I would agree with that, uh, but that scramble down the sideline was huge by Rodgers. Um, and then he kind of lowered his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick move. Uh, but, yeah, the Cowboys' odds dropped 15.1% because they lost and uh, also because the Eagles keep winning. The Eagles look really good, so that's uh, obviously hurting their chances. They're going to have to – uh, have a tough time winning the division, so it's probably going to have to come in as a wild card. Uh, one other thing we added to the Sims this week is the uh, the chances to get the number one pick. Uh, the Browns, uh, of course, who else would be the number one pick? Browns, 45.7%, 49ers, 27.4%. Uh, the Giants, 9.5, Bears, 9.4, and then Chargers, 3%. So be interesting to see um, if anyone can catch the Browns in their terribleness. Um, we'll see if the Giants I think just go full on. everyone in New York is angry with you for that because, one, it's like the Giants are 0-5, but you're saying they only have you know a 10% chance or less to get yeah. there. And then the Jets, who everyone thought was going to be tanking, 3-2, and two, they've shot themselves in the foot in the worst way. They only have a 0.5% chance of getting the first pick. Yeah, it's just they can't even everything's tank right. going wrong for New York right now. Yeah, they can't even tank right. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. The Jets' schedule uh, definitely gets much tougher uh, going forward, so we'll see if they're able to get a few more wins. But, uh, yeah, right now the Browns have the number one pick on lock, although they did just make the uh, quarterback change, and Hogan looks uh, better than Kaiser. Kaiser had some really, really terrible numbers, so we'll see if that actually helps uh, one of these other teams uh, you know, jump into that number one spot. Last week, the Falcons, Broncos, Saints, and Redskins were all, all off enjoying a bye week, a time to get healthy, to rest, to prepare for their upcoming opponents. So what strategy, what angles do we got for teams off a of bye that can be profitable? Yeah, so first, um, this used to be one of the easy um, you know, bets that you can make. Uh, teams coming off a of bye, just blindly bet them. Uh, from 2003 to 2009, you could, uh, it was up 22 units, just betting teams off of a bye. Um, since then, uh, just up 2.4 units. So the secret kind of got out. Everyone knew about it. Books adjusted uh, a little bit more than they probably were before. Um, but one thing, uh, favorites do better than dogs coming off of a bye. And also road teams do better than home teams coming off a bye. So those road favorites coming off a bye is definitely the best scenario there. Uh, favorites make a lot of sense. Uh, you want to take the better team that's coming off the rest. Um, you know, they're obviously able to rest their best players and usually have better game plans going in. So uh, if you are still looking to bet teams off a of bye, those road favorites are the, uh, the best teams to uh, take in that scenario. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a good spot for us next week because Cowboys and Seahawks are out this week, but they will be back on the road at 
the San Francisco 49ers and New York Giants, and both teams should, or I would expect them to be favored. So a couple teams to target in week seven. How about some other trends, uh, betting angles for week six? We got a Thursday night game, Panthers and Eagles. We got Jets and Patriots, big favorites this week. Uh, anything that we should know about? Yeah, a lot of big favorites this week, but I am going to start with the uh... – the really good Thursday night game. I can't remember a Thursday night game during the week that uh, you know has been this. That looks like it's going to be this good. But yeah, Philly, Carolina, both teams four and one. Uh, but we're looking at Philly teams off of a 21 point win, so three touchdown win or better. Just 46.7 percent against the spread. Uh, as dogs uh, coming off that big win, just 43.2 percent against the spread. So obviously looked really really good last week. Uh, could be um, you know a chance for them to come down a little bit the next. Next week, uh, next uh, just talked about the badly tanking Jets. Um, the Patriots favorites of nine and a half points. Uh, well, favorites of a touchdown or more in divisional games are just 44.3 percent against the spread. Tough to cover that big number. Even tougher when it's in a division game uh, with a team that knows your uh, personnel and what you like to do really well. So, uh, what about you? What else do you like for uh, Week Six? Broncos, huge favorites right now. Sunday night football against the Giants. Uh, they opened in the preseason. They were three-point favorites in the look-ahead lines. Now up to 11 and a half. So much has went wrong for the Giants. You know, they lose Odell. Like you said, they lose, I think, their top three, four wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> Eli Manning looks terrible. They're 0-5. Now they're huge dogs on the road. But in primetime games, these are the most bet. This is where most casual bettors are going to throw their money. Double-digit favorites have gone just 25 and 42. That's a 37% win rate against the spread. I think that makes sense. Uh, you get a ton of public action in there. Better shade the line. There's already a bit of an overreaction to the Giants anyways because of what's happened to them. So uh, Broncos look like you know an easy choice. Not always the case. And then uh, – we have Chiefs and Steelers as well. Earlier in the week, less than 25% of spread bets were on Pittsburgh, and they were coming off a big loss, and teams in that situation had covered 59% against the spread. So, again, being contrarian, looking to get teams in bounce-back spots when the public is off of them. Go to the blog, though. You can read all of the trends there for the NFL. Travis, let's finish up. Before we give out a couple picks, Pro System Plays, how about a little survivor pool analysis? We are no longer alive, but that doesn't mean some of our listeners aren't. Yeah, we were on Pittsburgh last week. Uh, definitely didn't like the options. Thought there was only two, uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and then obviously Philadelphia rolled, and Pittsburgh uh, did the opposite of whatever rolling is. Um, but, yeah, still doing the analysis. Know there's a lot of people alive. Still going to help you guys out and live vicariously through you. Um, like I said, a lot of double-digit favorites this week. Um, the most popular is Houston because um, they're playing the Browns, and usually the team that's playing the Browns is going to be the most popular pick. So really do not like uh, – I think saving Houston for another game is the best. Uh, my personal pick would be Atlanta um, at home coming off a bye against mm -hmm. Jay Cutler and the Dolphins, currently 11.5-point favorites. Uh, they're actually the third most popular pick this week, so you're able to uh, kind of fade what most people are doing. Um, so I actually listed them in order. I think Atlanta, then New England, uh, then Washington. Then I would go with Baltimore uh, before I would actually take Houston. 
uh, and then Denver and then Tennessee as well. Denver's the other popular pick. So I, I try to stay away from Houston and Denver. The reason I listed Tennessee is last because we still don't know about Mariota. Um, and we probably, since that's a Monday night game, I really don't think you can risk it, you know, going into Monday, taking Tennessee, and then all of a sudden Matt Castle's your starter, and then, uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, I think you just have to kind of cross Tennessee off the list, even though they are playing a bad Colts team. But uh, Atlanta would be my number one choice this week. Nice. Okay, so if you're still in our survivor pool, go to the blog. We have every team and their win probability listed out through the end of the season, which is a great way to start planning out your picks for the remainder of the year. It's that time of the podcast, Travis. Let's give out let's give out, excuse me, I can't talk, a couple pro system plays for this weekend. What's one of your favorite play, picks? My my favorite pick is the Giants uh plus 11 and a half. Uh, and the system is aptly named Horrible Teams, um, which I don't know if anybody <laughs> qualifies for that more than the Giants right now. Uh, it looks at games that don't start until October, um, so you're only looking after we have a decent sample of uh, how bad we think a team is. Uh, so the Giants, like we just talked about all their problems, just look terrible. Uh, but this looks like a huge overreaction spot. Uh, like you said, the look headline was three. Uh, now it's up eight and a half points uh, from that up to 11 and a half. So I think taking the Giants here, getting 11 and a half uh, versus Denver. Uh, I get that it's ugly. A lot of people are asking, how are the Giants going to even score against that Broncos defense? I don't know. Uh, but overall, <laughs> historically, uh, taking this team in this spot has been good, uh, just a really good play. So Giants plus 11 and a half is my pick for this week. What's as soon as I saw that line, the first thing that I thought of is backdoor cover. It's like Denver's up 17. There's you know two, three minutes left. Eli Manning's been garbage all game, gets the ball back, and Denver just kind of relaxes because they know it doesn't matter, and boom, they get a touchdown. They lose by 10. It hoses everyone that is laying the points with the Broncos. That just I just saw it. As soon as I saw 11 and a half, I was like, oh, <laughs> back you're going to get snapped off so hard right here in this spot because no one betting on the Giants yeah. potentially if that's what happens I, I I look like a genius by the way uh, is it too early for flex for flexing games out of the Sunday night why is that game still a Sunday night game <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's plenty they of good games flexing? that's a good point um, I don't know maybe uh, yeah tweet at NBC yeah because you need to start flexing games earlier in the season because it, it doesn't take till week 10 in week 6 we know that's a bad game um, like you, there's a lot of good games, Chiefs, uh, Steelers. Hell, I would take Rams, Jaguars. That's at least really intriguing. Uh, two teams mm-hmm. that kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll still all watch and hope for that backdoor cover on Sunday night. Okay. Uh, the play I'm gonna give out. It's on Browns and Texans. We like Cleveland this week. We got a number <laughs> of plays. Of course, uh, on the Browns. So this one is bad ATS teams against good ATS teams. Just a simple contrarian strategy, a team that's been struggling to cover the spread against one that's been lighting it up for betters. And it looks at targeting teams once we get through the first quarter of the season. So we have uh, a decent idea of how teams have been performing. Really, it's more about, I think, capturing public perception. You know if a team's been failing to cover, they're not going to get a lot of bets, while a team that has been is going to get love from you know, casual gamblers. And in this spot, it's covered over 62% against the spread, so Browns plus 10. Uh, Travis, that's going to do it for us on this week's podcast. Everyone out there, subscribe on SoundCloud or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter 
at bet underscore labs. Uh, if you have any questions, hit us up on chat. We're always available on the website as well. Twitter is a good way too. So until next time, for Travis, I'm John. Peace.